Hi, and welcome to the 102nd episode of Keen Minds, where we cover NBC The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 18, Roy Kane. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. What an episode! Before we jump into the episode itself, I would like to sing the praises of the writer. Because this guy, uh, and I may be mispronouncing his name. If so, I apologize. Uh, I think it's Aya Samba is his name. He was the Fox Writers Lab 2018. It's a fellowship that he he went through and won in 2018. So my guess is that he is a brand new writer on the Blacklist staff. Very a fairly new talented. writer. Fairly new writer in general. For you know, professional writing in Hollywood, I th- I would assume, being that he just came out a couple years ago from this fellowship. Holy crap! <laughs> he yeah. is good. Yes, this I, episode was excellent, hands down. It was. It's. I mean, how a freshman writer, and when I heard that a freshman writer had gotten the hundred fiftieth episode, I went, "Well, he must just be out of the park," and he was. Like, I was not at all disappointed. It was well paced. It was a lot of fun. It was a very interesting blacklister. It had some very interesting. Uh, Social commentary with him. Very fascinating. And, and he took a very difficult choice oh, of, yeah. of subject in the in the episode without being preachy. And that exactly. is it's it was very well done. Plus I love that he really got the voices of the characters down pat. And he balanced them. You and I have talked about for years how the blacklist and the, a lot of people in the fandom have. At the Blacklist sometimes feels like they have some trouble balancing their team. That it's all Liz and Wrestler, or all Liz and Samar, or all now, uh, now Park. You know, that they forget that there's a team here that they should be switching off. They get hyper-focused in on certain characters. There was a very good balance with this. It, it flowed well. It was interesting. I just, I was blown away. Absolutely blown away. So yep. hats off. Major, major kudos, guy. I can't yep. wait to see what you do moving forward. It is. It was um, It was an outstanding episode. Uh, congratulations to the Blacklist uh, crew and, and writers and everybody because it's 150. That's pretty good. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really impressed. That's. Yeah. And it's we're we're starting to get into the real meat. Uh, well, I mean, we we've been there to to a degree, but we're those threads are starting to come back together, and they're starting to tie together. Yeah. And they're dangling threads no more. Yep. Well, I mean, some of them still they're, are. They're, they're getting they're getting picked up. You may not you realize where they're going, but you notice that when you start repeating a word or a concept you start picking up those threads and I am extremely excited for one. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I was on the, on the edge of my seat again. So this couple of episodes, the last ones have been amazing. Well, Tessa, you actually made the comment before we started recording about Kane and the name. And do you want to weigh in on that while we're actually recording now? (laughs) Yeah, this is, I found it interesting because I've been noticing a lot of, and I and I studied and and kind of went over the stories that we've been told. Um, because a lot of shows kind of work by having a lot of stories they try to tell you. The Blacklist doesn't have a lot of stories. They're very limited stories. They're telling us family stories, father stories, mother stories, sibling stories, betrayal stories, revenge stories. It's it's a very um, and some romantic stories, but they're but they're in general constricted to the 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 kind of stories being told. And one of the stories that had not been a lot picked up was was a sibling stories and suddenly we're getting now Roy Kane we used to have we had 
Ariok came. And with and then immediately following or before it was preceding the brothers. An episode titled Brothers about choices made by two brothers and what got them in life. But we also have had the Takashtan brothers, which is the next episode. Uh, we have had the Pavlovich brothers, which was in there. We had the the brothers um the the career had a brother and that's the only one he care about there has been a thread of siblings running through more brothers than anything else but definitely siblings um you had the three children the the what was the name of the episode that had the the triplets and there was one that was the chosen one and the other one was a control one it was there's a lot about that lady ambrosia which also had two brothers and the wrong brothers in quotes um drowned and she hated the other son so this all threads with fairy tales brothers choices they're children coming. children and all in general coming together suddenly it's very exciting and and the the game has to come into play i mean that's a, a our essential mythical um story of betrayal between two brothers which is in a lot of of um of fairy tales as well it's not just biblical there is you know betrayal of two brothers it's kind of one of those sins that that run through a lot of the fairy tales yeah um the names and we've talked about this again and again that names that repeat sometimes it could just be that someone likes a name back there but a lot of the time if there's a name repeating throughout the blacklist there's a reason for it mm -hmm. it may not be an obvious reason but there typically is a reason and so that's it was a good catch with the Roy Kane I wasn't even on my radar yeah I I've been watching this these names and these themes and I'm and I'm seeing the siblings themes come very strong. I mean last last season we had Jennifer and Liz um and we had um you know Red describing Elias like a brother to me. It it's this whole theme is is just I'm I'm this is this is a so good such a good episode and is the 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 in general the themes are all starting to pick up and it's getting very very exciting. Yeah, and one we definitely saw in this was the theme that we've seen repeated again and again of I mean all through it really is choices. Yes. And that was very much highlighted in Dimbe's absolutely and Kudos to Sham. My goodness, that scene when he's talking to his imam about, you know, does, you know, if he saves, uh, saves the imam's life, then he's risking red soul. And that was such an interesting statement, too, because yeah. what is it that's going to cost red his soul if his secret comes out? I mean, that's that's a heavy statement right there. Yeah, I don't quite think it was. It is like that i think that is a he said the imam says their life built on secrets and when the secrets end the life built on them ends and and such a good line by the way such a good line and then they're saying if i let you die to save red soul how can i save my own soul and if i save you I am um, my my word is his his word is was his bond. Where is yeah. his word? I mean, I mean, brilliant. I, that's what I would have done. I would have put Demby in exactly that same spot because that was the way to get what she wanted. I mean, oh yeah, she's been one of the more clever blacklisters and one of the more clever villains that we've seen. And I think we can as much as you can with anybody in the blacklist. She's a dangerous one. She, I think she's pretty well cemented into a very dangerous villain mm -hmm. category thus far. You never know. It's the blacklist. Something huge may explode and suddenly this woman is 
has a whole nother layer that we never saw coming. But as of right now, with the kind of stuff she was saying to Liz at the end of the episode, my goodness. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, if, if you talk about about choices, which is, you know, you know how we've been saying for a long time, every season seems to have a theme, not generally introduced just at the beginning. Sometimes the themes kind of go from half of way in one season to a third of the other one. Like we, and usually it's one phrase said by, by a character. Like we had Tom saying secrets be people in harm's way. Um, we had a uh, monster hunting monsters. Um, we had, um, had a few of them. Um, we had uh, choices is the one that we have here. And, you know, what do you choose? Um, what is family? Is family or versus relatives? Are you, are you, is nature versus nurture? Who are your relatives? And, and that, that scene at the end when Imam is talking in the, in the Imam and Red are talking in the car and Liz and, and Vicarina or, or Blonde Cat are talking in the car too felt it was brilliantly done because those choices they're both talking about choices and one of them is a moral choice and it's interesting that you have red who's supposedly the bad criminal talking about these moral choices with a ma'am and a ma'am understand the choices red has to make and understands the choices dembe had to make and he said we were just instruments in this choice that he had to make and and i loved that that bringing red around to this wasn't actually about you and me. Like, stop trying to make it about you and me. This is this is what it's actually about. We were just there. And that was such a great thing because it's we're seeing that all through the show right now. It's Red may need to take a step back and uh, <laughs> remember that it's uh Well, I think that then Red Red has also suffered a lot of betrayal and setbacks. And I, and I think a lot of that is, is is based on those secrets he's keeping. But, I mean, think about it. He's been caring for Liz his entire life. Whether you think he's her father or not, that's how he had acted. And Liz sent him to death row because she wanted to learn who he was. Every every step of the way, and, and this has gone before, he said, you know, he was an angry man, thinking that there was no love that endured, no loyalty, no anything. So, and that's what Dembe stayed with him to save his soul. So, I think that Red's soul is in danger for a choice like, like Dembe's he would have to make, which caught kind of let me know that whoever is the arch enemy would be related to red the choice that red will have to make can destroy his soul because Dembe's choice was really not about the the mammon it was a, a choice about his own soul yeah. who does he save in which his soul is not lost yeah so i think that i the the that was brilliantly done i mean and at the same time it seems like like blonde cat is saying that the choice is between red and her i don't think it is ah uh, i mean i i think it's probably layered there i i was more focused on because i i said a couple weeks ago or i guess it was whenever she took the mom i guess that was a couple weeks ago now mm-hmm. um I made the comment, I said, we've got this man that is, you know, they they did a very good job of making sure that we as the audience knew, you know, this is not a guy who is compromised morally. He's not, you know, he's not dirty, you know, he's not on the take, he's not... You know, he's not with extremists. He's not inciting exactly. violence. He's not on the take. He is. He is just a good man that is leading his flock. And like what you see is what you get for once. <laughs> and I think they had to really clearly state that because so many people are not in the blacklist. Mm. And so to be able to solidify him as that, and then to have Blonde Cat go after him in that way 
was probably one of the first times, because even when she went after Ilya, it's like, okay, kind of like she she made the comment in the yeah. car, you know, in the He's game. Not, yeah. Ilya was part of the game. And so while, you know, you're like, oh, but I like Ilya. I wish she had done that. It's still, it makes sense that he he would get caught in the crosshairs there. This man was an innocent, and she was willing to take him out. And, by the way, she left Birdie there to die. And did you not see that she doesn't even, like, mention Birdie? Oh, like, he died? She's like, oh, yeah, well, now you have choices. I'm sorry, he was a pawn. He was, but just, I'm sitting there going, anybody is on her potential list of people to use. She is 100%, you, I cannot be convinced at this point she's not being, she's not using Liz. Oh, and, I, I totally think she's using Liz. And Did you I, see there's a little smile when she says? it. It's very subtle, but it's there. When she says was, you have to choose, you're going to have a, more choices to make. And there's like this, she's not looking at Liz, so Liz can't see it, but it's like this little like twitch the, on the lip. The micro expressions between the two actresses were phenomenal. Because when she made the combat, Dimbe chose correctly. When Liz turns to look around, she does this little eye roll. It's not, it's very subtle, but it's there. It's that, you know, I've heard this my way or the highway thing before. I've been living it for the last seven years of my life. Thank you. And, but I think the difference that we found, while both Blonde Cat and Red may take this, it's my way or no way sort of stance on things. You know, you you have to choose between, if -hmm. you will. Red has at least been painted that at least in his own mind, he does not go after innocent people. He is a protector of the innocent. Mm-hmm. Blonde Cat clearly does not matter who you are, how long you've been with her, if you're connected closely, connected three people down. If she thinks you will get her to her end goal, you're dead. Which I read that scene with Liz's expressions and the way she was reacting, I don't, I've been back and forth on if she thinks this woman is her mother or not. After this, I think at least she knows how dangerous she is and that she may be putting her daughter in the crosshairs. Because, yeah, because there's no, no bystanders. Exactly. And so I think that, that that dawned on her. If it hadn't already, I think it did now. And. Yeah, I, I don't think that people think are saying, you know, it lists, you know, chose already uh, Blonde Cat. I don't think she did. I think that she may have done it in the past to get the truth. But I think at this point when she did that, Liz is now playing her. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree on that. I think that she is not you know, put her flag in the in the ground quite yet. Because, I mean, she... Red doesn't give her straight answers. This woman obviously isn't giving her straight answers and is proving each inch that she takes that she will gaslight and manipulate the crap out of her. And Liz has been through too much not to, sh- not to see those signs. And she... If it were just her, that's one thing. But with her little girl there, she's she has to take a more careful approach. She's going to have to play her. I would just send her to leave with grandma again. Yeah. Scotty. <laughs> See, that's, I, I'm still convinced Scotty knew Katarina. That would be my first call. So Scotty, <laughs> I'm going to send you this photo. It's coming in over text, <laughs> but that would, that would kill it right then and there. Yeah. Well, I don't know that Liz thinks that she knows mm. Katarina. That's, that's true too. Yeah. But I'm just I saying mean, we that, do that because be we know see. we've seen the conversation between Red and and uh, and Scotty, but she hasn't. So she has no idea. Yeah. In fact, yeah. she told Red like she didn't know who we were at the church. She said, "Well, she may have known who Tom was to her, but he certainly knew who she was." I and that's one of the reasons I still think that those two women knew each other is because she doesn't refer to Liz as Elizabeth or Liz or anything of the sort is Masha. And just the way, Mm. 
I mean, and that could have been Constantine. You could say, oh, that was Constantine because he called her Masha. Mm. There was something in the way she said it. I think that, I mean, Red and Howard were good friends. I think Katarina and Scotty were. Oh, well, you know my theories. My theory's gone. And uh, one of the, the of the things that, that are more interesting in, in this, uh, as we start uh, looking at the relationship, is this is a fairy tale. We're looking at a fairy tale. And that is, I don't know if you remember that, that phrase that Liz had, at, uh, that um, Constantine said, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry for the taking you prisoner. I just wanted to show you who you were. A Russian and who fairy I tale. Am. Yeah, and then he's, and then you can make your choices. And then Liz says, like a Russian fairy tale. Not long after, we have um, Red saying, uh, they're talking about Lady Ambrosia, and he's saying how he used to love shapeshifters. Uh, after that, we have... Um, Liz reading the Wizard of Oz in which he's talking about going into dark places and, and she dangerous and Tom, she and Tom quoted um, Alice in Wonderland yeah there, there is a there's a definite uh, sense that what we're seeing is, is, is a fairy tale and then we had that absolutely fantastic lines in which um, right there I mean we're not even trying to uh, they have these lines. And where, pray tell us, is our plucky heroine going? Mm. To a very dark and dangerous place. And that is right out of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You're going to go to a very dark and dangerous place, but don't be afraid. You just ask for the wizard's help. And, you know, he will keep you safe with his with his magic. And it's felt to me that Red leaving all of this to Liz is his magic to keep her safe. That's a good catch. That's a really good catch there. We're, we're, we're going into this, this fairy tales about choices, about, and this, we have Hobson choices. We had, I mean, when we start, we have Zamani goes in, God's Tom and tells Liz, you have a choice. You can save one American or many Americans. And it's a choice of the love. Of, it's, do you love this man more than you love Americans? Or is more more about, uh, do you have the chance to save this one now? And then maybe you can save the other ones. You let this one die in order to save many. So it's all moral choices, which is very much fairy tales. Yeah. And, I mean, we know who the witch is being cast as. <laughs> Definitely. And she Definitely. was terrific in this episode. Oh, she was. She's a very, very talented actress. Oh, my God. When she was in the car, I'm like, so, you know my theory. I don't think that she's she's Dom's daughter. I think that that choice that she's talking about, that Liz thought it was, again, jumping to conclusions, that it was between her and Red, I think is between Blancat and... And Katarina. I think it is between her biological mother that didn't want her and the mother that took her in, but it's not biologically related to her. Relatives versus family. It is about um, between the family that one chooses or the family that is ours by blood. And it's just everything is just coming together. I'm so excited. I can't back. I, I know that I have to write a big post about it, but it's so much that I need to like sit down and analyze it. There's so much coming down. It's almost overwhelming. Well, let's talk about Red and especially that opening scene with him and talking to the doctor and his illness that's coming to point. All of that is very interesting because he was, Red was partially off kilter this entire episode i he kept we started with the ringing in his ears and having to kind of refocus in on the doctor when the doctor was trying to talk to him and that was that was very obvious but if you watch him through the entire episode he's just he keeps having to snap back around and go say what and that's very unread like he's usually five steps ahead of everybody else but he was consistently coming up behind it was something in the 
the way that James was speaking to the everything felt like he was thinking through molasses and just struggling to get it out. It was it was brilliantly acted and portrayed. And then there at the end, when he was talking to Marvin and he said, you know, you're, you're Marvin says you're acting like you don't have a ch- or that she doesn't have a choice. And he's dead bay. Mm-hmm. I you think know, that was it, a double meaning there, yeah. but it was, it, it does come back around to whatever this is that he's sick with. It's it, the doctor was encouraging him to go get an MRI and a CT scan. So I'm curious. I mean, he's, I uh, think it has to do with that, with a poisoning. Might. Yeah. Cause he seems to be somewhat neurological in, in nature. Um, I don't know what it was. What it was also interesting is that, you know, you have Wrestler, too, that brought back that, actually confided in Liz about, but he said he didn't see it. Now, did you believe Wrestler? I did. I did. You don't? I'm not sure. I don't It's the I don't first know. time I haven't been sure about Wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's gotten a lot more complicated recently. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I did simply because, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why he would have brought it up and then not continued through. That That's really choices. my hang up there. That and was his choice. Yeah, he, and it he, might he be. He said he didn't see it, and maybe he didn't. He made the choice not to see it. Um, or he made the choice to say that he didn't see it. Yeah, but I think that if he if he did see it, I don't know why he would bring it up to Liz there. Why he wouldn't just keep his mouth shut. Now, let me ask you. When Liz says, like, I don't know why he Red is leaving me my things. And he's like, are you surprised? Like, what planet do you live in? I love how chill wrestlers been with that. It's just like, what else would he do? It's it's the same feel I got. I, I feel like wrestlers taking the same reaction to Red. Like I, whether he thinks they're biologically related or not, That's I don't know. Problem. I was gonna say wrestler may have given up caring about that, but yes, absolutely. I think that he knows that Red sees her as a daughter. It's in the same way that he looked. The same sort of feel to the, to the way he's reacting is when he looked at Liz in season two when they were, when Tom was calling Berlin right after she let him out of the boat and he said, well, you know, you're not in love with, you know, you're still in love with this man. It's he for not, for hating profiling as much as he does, sometimes he really hits the nail on the head and he just knows and he's so matter of fact about it. It's really entertaining and that's that's kind of the same feel I got with this like why would he not leave it to you you're well, his kid that, that I think that that what we're we're going to is how are, did wrestler really believe ever that Ilya Koslov's story did he ever I mean he's always been like why would anybody take the name of a traitor why anybody will remain as a traitor it's like that doesn't make any sense Liz um, and, and Liz is like, well, he stopped caring. And what he did, he started looking for Katerina. And that's a very interesting thing that, you know, I know. I was going to say that he may be her calm in the storm, but he's also her freaking voice of reason. Like, yeah, she can't I mean, get it, rid of him. <laughs> yeah, it was like very simple. And what he did was very smart and also shows you something. Um, what, when he wanted to find out who Red is, he started by Katerina. And he went to the CIA and he said, what do you have on Katerina? And he gets his little folder with like one page with like half written down. He's like, that's it? This is what you have on Katerina? And he said, well, we were not interested in coming for a, a spider, a spy who didn't come out of the, of the cold. And, and then he's like, well, but what about the law of saying that he found that he got a rumor that he had, she had been sighted in the ferry? And the guy's like, yeah, but we look at the names and the reservation. There was no Katerina Rostova. Like, excuse me, sir, but do you think that she would have traveled with that name? You think that a spy would not have another one? I have a question because that hits on something I, I was thinking about. She gave the name Maddie Tolliver. 
It was like a flashing neon arrow pointing at her, saying, hey, Blonde Cat's the one that, that hired the guys to get the mom." I mean, well, she had one she, identity. She didn't care what particularly one or another. I know, but I'm just saying that why did she, when she could have given any name under the sun, why did she give the name of a burned identity? I guess she didn't figure it out because it maybe was not made public. I mean, it was a name she had. She didn't care. Yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was interesting that, that this woman that, no matter who you think she is, we know that she's done intelligence work. Yeah, well, he's not. she's not using the constant drucker anymore. And apparently now Mary Tolliver is the one that she has. Um, I, I find interesting, I've been looking at everything that everybody has, especially Red has said to Elizabeth, Katerina Rostova, when he uses Katerina Rostova, the entire name, when he uses your mother. And it's becoming, it's very interesting. I ha I'm not even close to doing, to, to done with that analysis. That's taking time. But it's uh, it's interesting the way that everybody refers to her as Katerina. And I'm, I'm thinking that she has to be Katerina's bio biological mother. And her name has to be Katerina. I'm just not sure that she's, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's not Dom's daughter. Well, I mean, Red referred to her as Katarina at the end of season six. So the fact that he called out Katarina and they had that whole moment there, I I am of the opinion that there were a bunch of doppelganger Katarinas. So it was mm -hmm. the the Pinko Matahari and the, yeah, the a bunch of uh, a bunch of women went by Katarina Rostova and worked in this this single ghost identity and. Um, that that's the theory that I'm running with for her, and mm. so it may be that. I mean, it may be that her name was Katerina. That would make sense. I think that's a pretty common Russian name, um, especially if they're relatives somehow, and they are. Um, you know, her and Katerina could be cousins. They if they look very similar, names runs in families. You end up with these crazy people that you have like five of the same. With the same last name, the same first name, um, and and so that that is possible that both women are no are named Katerina. Yeah, um, just not Rostova, or maybe they are Rostova. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what did you think? We were talking about that, and then we got distracted about that transfer of wealth and and giving it to a cop and Red talking about basically saying I had no choice. It was fate. Um, is a is a repeat of of those themes that we had in in uh, when Madeline Pratt asked asked him, you know, why did you choose her? And he said it was fate. Um, and Liz asking is, why did you choose me? Why did you change? It was fate. It was you changed. Things change you and me. I mean, there is a lot of it. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think that Red has always felt like their destinies are tied in together. Um, whether he's her biological father, whether there's another reason that he's been her protector all these years, her sin eater. I, I mean, that that is a big question mark, obviously. But whatever the case, whether it was before the night of the fire, whether it was that night, I, I think that something happened, even if it was just her birth, that to him irreversibly tied their destinies together. Because... We've seen people do far less than Liz has done, betrayal-wise. I mean, and, and I say this fully understanding why Liz does what she does. I And often am on board with what she's doing <laughs> when it comes to faking her death and running away to Cuba. Um, totally understand why she does stuff like that. Sending him to prison, probably not her smartest move, but, you know, she wanted answers. Uh, but people that do stuff like this to him... People have done a whole lot less and ended up dead. Yeah, and on or display. at least cast away. Yeah, at the very least. And with Red, he tried to put distance between them. It was after 
prison. He was like, I can't trust you. But then it didn't I don't take think too he's long. Because he doesn't trust her. Yeah, but he's not he's not giving her the cold shoulder like he did right after it. He was no. very and he did the same thing in season three uh, when she faked her death. He got very upset with her and just very, very business. Yeah. You know, I'm not giving you all the details. I'm doing this. I'm taking the reins. You sit there and go to your room kind of thing. And but most people would have, like we just said, either died or been cast away. She never is. He can't. Yeah. He can't kill her. He, I mean, he, he's, he thought about excommunicating Dembe, but there is this thing that he cannot do. I mean, he cannot, he can put distance, but that's all he can do. He cannot cast her away from his life, which also takes us to some of the thing that we've been talking, we were talking before we started the recording, which is about this thing of that Red has always been about transferring his wealth to her. I mean, we, you mentioned the apartment, gave her an apartment that she sold, never wanted it. Yeah, uh, he bought her an apartment in season two. In season three, he tried to set up a tr uh, trust fund for Agnes. Both those times, she said, I don't want you. No, she didn't want the uh, the apartment season two. She ended up selling it and giving it to the, the daughter of the harbor master. Season three, she called it dirty money and said mm -hmm. that she didn't want it. Mm -hmm. And um, so... He also offered it to Tom in raising and keeping Agnes safe. Mm -hmm. He said, he I have almost him. unlimited funds and they're at your disposal. And Tom went, nope. <laughs> no, Tom I, said, if you want me to, to take your money and to, uh, let, and to help with Agnes, then you have to let me do this for Kirk. Tom was a lot more pragmatic. Yeah, but Tom also knew, I mean, because he's the one that, that warned Nick about it. You take that money and suddenly you're tied to him forever. And I, I don't think he would have continued on with that. And obviously he wasn't because it was a limited amount of time. He knew he was taking Agnes and running to Cuba. to go. So, okay, if, if this gets me where I need to go, sure. You can see her under supervision. I will let people stand at the door. Because well, he knew it was a very limited grand, time. Grandfather, uh, the typical grandparent control. It, if you want to see the kid, you'll do what this or that or whatever, and that's it. Yeah. But it was for a very limited amount of time, so I'm not sure that's quite on the same level but it as was the, the other same, stuff. It was, it was Red offering her, offering yeah. Tom, I mean, spies, my resources are at your disposal, not like you ask me for the money and I'll give it to you. It's at your disposal. Whatever you want, mm -hmm. it's there for Agnes. So this has been there from the very beginning. And in the comics, he's... He's talking to Kate about um, all the, the things that he has, about about the money that he's leaving her. He also mentioned the money that he's leaving her in uh, when he was in death row. This is, I mean, this is a, a thing that has been going on. But what, cons what, what intrigues me is he's talking about, you know, oh, I'm leaving all this to a cop and, you know, things change, plans change, you know, his fate, his destiny. Um, at the same time, he was the one grooming her to end in the FBI. So did something change or the plan was for her to be in the FBI and then get out of the FBI? Similar to what he did with Emma, that is, you know, got into MI5, started talking to her, and then um, she left and started working full-time for him. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't have a, a theory on that or an answer for that. That's going to be one of those things I stick a pen in and kind of wait for more information on what's, if he fully meant that or why it was stated that way. Because I, I think there was a reason. I just don't know it yet. Um. We we talk a lot about the choices that we've that this this seems to be the theme of the episode is choices. Okay, uh, before we get off on that, uh, one of the fantastic choices in two different layers was Marvin, and I love the fact that Red went to him because Red goes to people and they just do what he asks for the most part. There, there have been obvious 
situations where they haven't, they don't typically negotiate with him. And I loved that. It's like, listen, what you did had consequences for me. My wife and I now can't have our own kid because I was there three more years because of what you did. And so if you want my help, you're going to have to help me. And and Rev was like, what? <laughs> I just had no clue what to do with that. And I loved it. it was just, I mean, but you want me to threaten the guy on the ethics committee in order to get you reinstated? And Marvin's like, yeah, um, that's about it. Yeah, maybe that's Marvin. And I love him. I'm, I'm so glad he stuck around. I love Marvin Gerard. But then you go into the second layer of it, which is giving him the choice. And can we talk about Al Roker being on the show? He was phenomenal. I I mean, I, I think he has such... I remember Ryan used to go on the show all the time, and they did a little skit back in season one, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Season one, season two. Didn't he always say that he wanted to go on the show? Yeah, it was yeah. always a thing. Yeah. And um, But for, for those that never saw the skit, the, the gist of it was Al Roker and Ryan Eggold were sitting at a table... And they're drinking coffee, and Al keeps referring to him as Tom. He's like, dude, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. I am not actually Tom Keen. And they're going back and forth with this. And Ryan takes a sip of his coffee. He goes, why does my coffee taste like roofies? And then it cuts scene, and he's, in, he's been put behind bars. And Al's, like, demanding all the secrets of the blacklist. And who is <laughs> Raymond Reddington? It's a fantastic little skit they did. It was hilarious. And those two had a really good... Uh, rapport on on the show when Ryan was still in the blacklist and still doing interviews and such, and apparently James and he have a very a very good uh, relationship as well. And so seeing him on there, it's I mean it's just great. I was so glad. It was so exciting. And for those of us that have been around for years and years and years, it was kind of like wrestlers episode. This is coming too late, but better late than never. I thought it was perfect. Oh, it was, but it was absolutely beautiful. perfect because it was like this guy, like I, and then Red having the story that having lost the shirt and a bit more to, um, in, in uh, it's like perfect. It just it fit and it was it was it was it was a great um guest and for course, the hundred and fiftieth. And of course, Raymond Reddington knows Al Roker. <laughs> of course, and they had then they everybody. I love when when he said uh, we saw the the warden and he's and he just says sign on the table and then all he has to say is I'm Raymond Reddington uh-huh. and you see the warden's face go like okay well wow. I'm screwed not good <laughs> this is not good dead man walking <laughs> well I mean that's Tom made the comment back in season two he said you know that's that's the tell is the fear and we've continued to see that through the entire show that everybody knows who he is and they know what he's capable of. And so people that know him less, I think are actually more afraid of him than people that know him. Well, Marvin's known him for years. It probably took a good long time for Marvin to get to the point where he's like, Nope, not going to help you until you help me. But that's a sign with red of someone that he truly respects when they can push Mm -hmm. on those lines. And sometimes you I, push too hard, like Kate Kaplan, you get a bullet to the face. Yeah. But, you know. Well, but Kate, you know, there is, everybody, what, what happened to Marvin wasn't really red, it was Kate. I mean, Kate was the destructive force. And every time we, we it's funny because we keep circling back to Kate. I love Kate, though. I love Kate. The more you think about this, who the heck? Keeps a detail record for 20, 20 years of murders, down to the 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 the, the date of death, down to the day. I mean, not like hey, I don't know. That was like I don't know. It was like maybe the spring of eighty six or Kate Kaplan. 90, no, she had everything. The ring that identified the guy, the surgical thing on the leg, the day that he had been killed, how had he been killed? That's Kate, though. I mean, that honestly, I wasn't at all surprised about that. She was a mortician, she, or a, a coroner, I guess. Um, no, mortician. M- mortician, the people okay. People who arranges yeah. the body so they yep. look pretty. 
Um, I mean, but she... We've seen her do... Uh, um, blinking on the term. Field autopsies before. I mean, she is medically trained. She... I, and she's just quirky, or she was. You know, she was just very quirky in a yeah, lot of ways. Quirky, I'm not, I'm yeah, not shocked that she did She says, did I that. should have done this years ago. I honestly think that she came on board with Red in 1997. And she did it in order to make sure that Red didn't get close to Liz. And I think that she came to love Red. But in the back of her mind, there was always... If you come near her, this well, I, is not be pretty. And we saw her in Requiem saying, like, you can't do that. You can't come into her life. You're going to destroy her innocence. Her loyalty remained with Liz. With Katrina. Well, yes. And and therefore with Liz, because Liz is her daughter. But um, we're back to choices. Are you going to choose... Katarina, are you going to choose Li- or going to choose Red? Are you going to choose Liz? Or are you going to choose Red? Back to the choices. Mm-hmm. So it, it it was just um, and, and you mentioned like even Scotty said, you know, it's selective selective um, morality. I love that line. Uh, it, it's all park this. Your, park your selective morality. Mm-hmm. This is. I mean, I love when I see that I got. Because I've been studying the themes and the symbols for so long. And I love when I get these episodes in which they all start to get together. And it feels like all those dangling ends are being connected. They're being collected. They've been, they're starting to connect to one another. It's just phenomenal. I'm super excited. It was a great, great episode. It really was. And uh, I'm looking through my notes. I feel like we've actually touched on everything I had. So let me ask you, what do you think is going on with that brother um, sibling, not just brother sibling theme? It's it's just too much. It has to mean something. Well, I think it's back to the family, just pieces of the family. I mean, I, I do not believe for an instant we won't see Jennifer again, that somehow she won't come back around. Um, so we have the sisters there. We have somebody that is part of Dom's family that caused Red in season three to say you had a reason to walk out the door and the, you know, and mm-hmm. so did Katarina have a sibling? Did, you know, some, I, th- there's just, it's gearing up for something kind of like Tom's box and how many times they name dropped him within a select amount of episodes. Like it's mm-hmm. gearing up for something. Every Hobble beach. Just started getting the body in Rehubble Beach, and then it was mentioned three times in an episode. Yeah, just in case so that you don't forget. When when they do stuff like that with themes, with names, with items, and just anything in the blacklist, when they start repeating, 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 it's gearing for something. Sometimes it's very obvious. Sometimes you're just sitting there going, "All right, guys, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I always say to people, you gotta be, you gotta be patient. Sometimes it comes six seasons later. We heard about Jennifer in season two, and she appeared in late season five. Yeah. So well, just I'm- because something is 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 mentioned and then dropped, don't think it's gone. Tasty. In fact, be very suspicious of things that are mentioned over and over and then suddenly dropped. Because that's what they do. They they have the shiny object on the left hand. And meanwhile, the the real stuff is coming in here. Um, do you have anything on the task force? Uh, not really. Except for we had one comment that you and I were making before we started recording about Park. There was that nice little scene in there where she and, and, um, and Liz were going in after. Which was the... pretty blocky of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's always fun. Just seeing um, the guys the way they were armed, that would be like, yeah, maybe wait for... Backup? Um, nah, yeah. not Liz. <laughs> not Liz. Um, but the fact that the guy caught Park off her guard and was able to get one over on her, I 
I felt like, because I've had some serious complaints about Park. Um, I don't hate her by any stretch. I know a lot of people in the fandom seem to actually despise her. I don't have nearly that much loathing. I just don't care. I, I have a lot of apathy for her. And I keep wanting that to change, and it keeps just not happening. One of the reasons I come to that is because she feels like a very flattened out sort of character they needed a character to do this this and this they gave her something that they thought would be a tragic backstory and here you go have a cookie cutter tragic backstory fill in because Mozan left mm-hmm. and um that that's the feeling I get with it and so if they and one of the few things I do really like about Park is her martial arts because whether it's the actress that's doing it or a double, I don't know who it is, but it's very pretty. I, I love a good fight scene. I love well-choreographed martial arts mm-hmm. scenes. Love them. And so whoever is doing that, major kudos for, you know, the coordinator and all of the above mm-hmm. for people involved. But it was nice to be able to see that she... It's not superhuman. Yeah. And so I feel like when you have a character that flat anyway, it would be easy to just, oh, but she's always really good at this. No, she needs to lose sometimes. Like, otherwise... Everybody does. Even yeah. the, the 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 champions in martial arts, martial arts, oh, martial arts, there you go. I knew they can do that. Or boxing, too. They get knocked down. It happens. I mean, it's just a second that you make a bad choice. Yeah. I, a blow she, that you don't land, that's something that distracts you. It made perfect sense. Liz said something. It caught Park off guard. She went, well, what? And she turned, and the guy saw his in and wiped her out on the floor. It made sense. I thought it was very well done for handling a character that may not have been handled great. Yeah. I think it is. I don't. I honestly don't think that she's, she's that flat. I think that is very hard. When you have characters yes. that you have known for, I mean, I remember when we first got Samar, Samar had the same feel to her. See, I, I just, I, I'm doing my rewatch right now. And to be fair, I've seen Samar for years, but I don't remember feeling that way with Samar. I did. I, I felt didn't. like, wait a minute, I don't even know who this woman is. What is a game? And I found her much more interesting. And maybe it was because we met her apart from the task force. And then yes. she was brought in. That could have been... I just I think that they missed the mark with... Missed the mark with Park. Um, introducing her. There's something about it. And, and I'm not saying that as a knock to them. Because it's an incredibly difficult thing to do seven seasons in. Like, it's... They they do enough right that that's really not a big deal for me. It's just I wanted to use it to highlight that the fact that they allowed her to be vulnerable in that position was actually a good thing. So yeah. kudos and I I enjoyed that. Not necessarily her getting you know beat into the ground. That's I'm not. <laughs> but, Which is an FBI agent. Yeah, it happens. happens. I mean, it happens. I mean God knows wrestler got beaten up by Gina of anybody. I mean, well, you're not talking about a giant guy full of equipment. Let, let's just talk about how many times both wrestler and Tom have been hit over the head and like ended up in scruffles, not necessarily with each other, sometimes with each other too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of concussions that Tom Keen had by the time he left the show. Or Liz, or Wrestler. Yeah. I mean, well, they're like... Listen, Wrestler keep getting blown up. Yeah. That was that was an ongoing joke for a long time. That, oh, look, they got blown up again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it happens. It's a heightened reality. It's, you know... Now, I just keep waiting because Aram has had so little to do in these episodes. I'm really thinking... I mean, I know that he had this whole storyline with, with um, Elodie. Elodie. I'm just thinking, what are we getting into into Aram's? Because I'm sure he has some dead body somewhere in there. Nobody <laughs> can. I mean, it may not have been a dead body, but I'm sure, was he a um, was he a a um, hacker? Did he hack into something really bad? Something happened there because in that task force, unless you have a good body in the in the in the in the cupboard, you're going nowhere. Body in the trunk. 
always. Yeah, <laughs> drunk that- under the buried in in a in a stadium or um, whatever it is. Yeah, you're gonna have a body there. There's there's dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> so very exciting episode. Um, hang on. There was one more thing about the actual blacklister. I had a note in here. Oh, when Red says that he's oh. very inventive. Uh, what? When Red tells him he's very, it, he doesn't oh. associate a warden with being inventive. Yeah. Um, there was a comment in there. Uh, the, 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 I guess that's Roy Kane was his name. He said, uh, there's no reforming them. When they come through my gates, there's no, or let's see. When they come through my gates, there's no reforming them. They're broken. Might as well put them to some use. It was a really nice callback to the hideous fish kind of theory and the redemption, you know, how far is too far? Uh, you know, can people be redeemed? Uh, is there ever a limit to how much bad you can do before you can no longer see the light? How long can you live in darkness before you can no longer see the light? And so that was, it was a really interesting line there. Considering that he was a criminal hiring other criminals that were in his jail for money. Yeah, that was, um, but I, I mean, I think, I thought that it was, it was well done. It was a brilliant plot. Oh yeah. I mean, like just the black, I have no idea how we haven't seen this before with, with the way the blackluster was doing things, not necessarily just in the blacklist, but overall, I've never seen anybody take that. But that seems like it'd be such a easy thing to do for a warden to be. And it's so funny. I'm sitting there oh, no, watching no. it. They were in lockdown. They're as, not, it's a perfect. Um, as soon as he was super helpful, I was like, oh, he's dirty. <laughs> he is so dirty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, it was all around. Very good episode. Major kudos. It was, it was worthy of the 150th. It was a great way also of, of doing a doppelganger because he's a man who's in a place he can't be. Yep. Yep. And I love the way that they brought, that they used that to bring Marvin Gerard around. That was yep. that was very well tied up. Yeah, it was, I love Marvin. Everybody I'm so was glad. saying, like, what happened to Marvin? Yep. Oh, Marvin. Poor sweet Marvin. They can adopt. It'll be okay. The other thing about thinking about the fairy tale that I didn't mention. Remember when um, when Red got Patrick Matsuda and he says, um, what do you expect for your uh, fairy godmother? And, you know, the old wings don't get there fast enough. And it's delightful. You start flapping those decrepit old wings and come over. So there was a, no, a lot of fairy tale going on. It just, when this ended in, and Red said he's going to a very dark place, it just felt to me like we're watching a fairy tale. It's a, it's, it has a, 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 a I've always said it has a, a aesthetics of a, of a comic book, dark interiors, extreme close up, telecom, telecom, teletransportation, um, colorful villains, names. Um, it, and now I'm like, yes, this is a comic book and a, and a fairy tale. Yeah. Of, and a Russian fairy tale with choices. All right. Well, that's about all I have. How that's about you? That's all I have. All right. Cool. Well, um, I will be working on posting the... The... Um, layout that we're going to do for the Tom Keen is Alive AU or uh, theory not AU uh, Tom Keen is Alive Theory podcast that we're going mm-hmm. to do we're going to line that up there's a Tom Keen week coming uh, it'll be it'll start that next Friday the first Friday of hiatus and mm-hmm. so we'll line it up and uh, make sure we get it all edited and and posted on the that day so make sure that if you have questions, if you have theories, why he can be alive, why he can be alive, yeah. how is happening, why it, is happening. It, if you're four square against it, send it in. Let us know. Hey, I don't think he's alive because of this, this, and this. Happy to, to do the other side of it as well. Both sides are welcome. And so I'll be posting those on, on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. And I believe Tessa will post it on Reddit. Yes. 
So keep your eyes open. And uh, we'll look forward to next episode. You can just tune off here if you're not liking um, any spoilers. I am very excited about their choices for the last episode. I think it is it shows a level of respect for the fans that is worthy of, of saying kudos to you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, the creative tinkering that they must have had to do. I'm really excited to see it. Because, I mean, if, if they had just chosen to do a half-animated episode on just any given day, that would have been a little weird. But we are in unprecedented times, and they were up against a real wall here. And they had to make some tough choices, and they got creative. That's that's their job. And so major kudos to them for finding a way to do it. And I'm really excited to see what direction they took with it. And like Tessa just said, thank you for being willing to give us a, a good wrap up for the season that pushes us into season eight. Yeah. All right. All right. Till next time guys. Bye-bye.